Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darlings. Marjan Carlos is a journalist, public speaker, and your favorite auntie. I've loved this woman for many years and was so excited to get her on the podcast. We talk about her recent cover stories with Cardi B and Mary J. Blige, how she became a writer, what it was like working for Vogue, and the importance of just saying, fuck it. Enjoy. There have been a few people who've just become like shining stars during these tough couple months, and you definitely are one of them. Let's talk about that, how you like had know. some of the best stories of your cover <laughs> stories major people launched a show yeah that was a lot it's a lot i appreciate you saying that i if i definitely feel like a waste i feel like everybody else i just feel really um you know tired and consumed with anxiety and fears but like i don't know i just i have a lot of friends who are my ear who are like you're in your own way Mm-hmm. And so that was like a lot, a lot of that impulse. And then I just think, I don't know, like everything was just wrong. And I just reacted in kind. Like I just said, fuck it, basically. And just was yeah. like, let's, let's see what happens. That's <laughs> let's, what, you know, that's what, that's when the moment when you're just like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I think yeah. like, you know, what's so funny someone, um, a close family friend of ours at our rehearsal dinner yeah. said, this couple just one day looked at each other and said, fuck it, we're going to do this. Which is <laughs> just like a crazy thing and weird, co- but it's a common denominator in my life. Yeah. In yeah. these moments where I've heard people say, oh, fuck it. And it's yeah. really, because there's nothing else in your way but you. There's nothing in my way except myself. Like, well, I'm let's not- give everyone a little background really quick before we sure. deep dive into where you are now. Yeah. How did you get into journalism? Where did you grow up? I mean, the whole thing. The whole spiel. Okay. Um, Marjan Carlos from Dallas, Texas. I've lived in New York for 15 years now. And um, 
I didn't major in journalism. I actually majored in gender studies. And then I got my master's in African-American studies. And like back when I got my degrees, which were like 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, people were like, what the fuck are you going to do with those degrees? (laughs) Like no one, A, wanted to talk about gender and no one wanted to talk about race. And like, I had just like, I was like, these are the only things that are important to me. And like, my parents were like, go pursue my parents have always been really big supporters of mine and they're just like you know run that race like just do what you want to do and so I really love those subjects but I also had like a love for fashion I've always been like a fashion nerd and um that's like a white woman's worst nightmare in a magazine showing up with a resume (laughs) your resume (laughs) to some like snotty waspy editor that like summers in cape cod and you're like gender studies and gender studies african-american studies i think well that's like so funny because i definitely was like a was a troublemaker at like all the places i've ever worked especially Mm -hmm. at vogue i was like i don't like this (laughs) like you know like constantly just like this is wrong. What, where are the black people in this? Where are the people of color? Like constantly, that was like my refrain, my like drumbeat for as long as I worked there. And like, but yeah, like I, I first was in like online personal shopping at Net-A-Porter and like Moda Operande and Saks, right? Because I was like, I got to get my leg, my foot in there somewhere. Because I, I didn't want to go into academia. I didn't want to go get my PhD or anything. So I pursued fashion And then I was like writing a little bit. I had like a blog. I like wrote for Huffington Post. And then I got like my biggest, like my first opportunity to write on staff when I worked at St. Huron with Solange. And Mm -hmm. I was like the arts and culture editor there. And I think that was like the first time I realized that like, you know, your writing can make an impact and it can start conversations in such a really public way because before everything had been like kind of siloed to a classroom, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, very specifically like the academy. And like, this was much more like a broader conversation. So I was really in, in like entranced with like journalism. I was like, wow, like I want to get more of this high. Mm-hmm. And like, I just followed that high basically, you know, and I started freelancing after that and I would take any job. I mean, I was, I was writing like thousand word essays for like $75, you know, like where yeah. whoever would just like take me. And um, I wound up connecting with the editors at Vogue and um, they were like, if you are interested in like writing online, because their on their dot com presence was like so small. This was like 2014, 2015. Yeah, it was, it was like really small. It was like that big. And so they were like, if you want to write for us, like let us know. I was like, all right, cool. And I started pitching them ideas. I started freelancing with them for a year. I had like odd jobs where I was like, you know, freelancing for a designer here. I was on staff at Fusion, which is like this defunct website. And I was like the style reporter there. But I really wanted to work at Vogue. Like Vogue was like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the pinnacle. And like, they came to me and they were like, listen, Marjan, like we have a position. We have a senior fashion writer position. Do you want to take it? Or do you want to apply for it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I went in and like, I applied and went through the whole rigorous process, which was like harder to, to do it and begin the college. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> you know, like, actually, I was like, college was much easier than this whole fucking process. Like, I, I don't even know. How many interviews did you have? I had five. Yeah. I had five interviews. And the last one's... And you're Anna. like, what outfit do you even wear <laughs> to those fucking interviews? 
maxing out credit cards, being like, let's just like, let's, let's, let's get And you don't want to be like too proper because you want to show that you're like cool and interesting, but then you don't want to be too cool and interesting that they get weirded out. Yes, exactly. It's like, well, I remember I like bungled my answer with her and like, <gasps> and I was like, I had to be like, I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> like I actually just, I just like actually had to just like calm myself down. Yeah. Five minute interview with her. But um, then I just, they, they hired me and I started working there for like almost two years and I was on staff and like, it became like my world. Like it really, like it, it's a very consuming job and um, it changed my life. It changed the, like the course and direction of my life. And um, I really found it to be rewarding, but I also found it totally depleting emotionally, spiritually, like mentally, like all those things. And Mm -hmm. I found myself completely burnt out because online, you know, bless media, but online media is like a rat race. You know, you're just like constantly turning out stories. I had to like, no one Beyonce got out of a car and like write a story. I had to like Mm -hmm. then do multiple interviews in a day, transcribe those, write the stories up going, you know, moving on to the next five stories that were due. And it just, it took the joy of, of writing out of me. And like, I literally, I lost all confidence in my writing. So like now that I'm like writing now at like such a, like, this was like a real challenge for me to do all the writing that I've done in the last few months, because I had to like grow out of a lot of, a lot Mm. of shit, a lot Mm. of psyche, a lot of PTSD Mm-hmm. trauma around my writing and I'm like in therapy literally like talking <laughs> about the trauma from writing just so I can like get to a back to a place where I actually enjoy it because I it had like been beaten out of me at a, at a certain oh, point god I'm so sorry yeah. I mean that happens to so many people absolutely and thank god now that you can have get that support you know you move to New York and you're like I'm gonna do this and like whatever job you do like it kills you for a while it does it but does. that, but you writing for vote, I mean, that's like one of the hardest possible jobs you could have. I mean, besides like working for like an actual new, I mean, I can't imagine working in news, being a news journalist, but working like in fashion reporter, like yeah. that, like a, re- yeah, a reporter would be crazy. Today, we're spicing it up a bit. As you know, I am a huge fan of Woo More Play, especially their coconut love oil. And so I'm super excited to tell you about their new product launch called Woo Vibes, a clitoral vibrator and chic travel case for better sex on the go. This isn't your run-of-the-mill back alley sex store type of vibrator. Vibes is cute and white and rose with gold tones and a special travel case designed to keep your toy clean and discreet for after play. It has a heart-shaped handle and is the perfect accessory for solo play or partner play. Don't knock it till you try it. Vibes has five functions, so basically there's five different rhythms to play with until you find your perfect vibe. It's made with premium silicone and designed for clitoral stimulation, so love oil and vibes are basically BFF. And when you're done playing, just unwrap one of Woo's freshy towelettes to wipe down your vibes and then store it back in its cute travel case. So easy and no one will know what you've been up to but Woo. Vibes is the only vibrator on the market with super chic travel case that looks good on any vanity and blends in with your beauty shelf. When the whole package is this chic and discreet, you can take vibes anywhere. To Cabo, your best friend's wedding, in the shower, it's up to you. Whatever is your vibe. Head over to Woo More Play and use code BEST for 20% off your order of Woo Vibes today. That is 20% off with code BEST. Trust me, you will keep coming back for more. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. So how do you feel? I mean, now you're writing these like very long, huge covers. I mean, what came out today? Mary J. Blige? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, go crazy. That I was, I, I didn't even know if I had the emotional bandwidth for that because like people, <laughs> at least for me, like writing a cover story, which is a very big deal. It's very grueling. It's like a lot of research. It's a lot of mm-hmm. rewrites. It's edits. It's all these types of things. And so I had to check in with myself after I did the Cardi B one, because uh, that took a lot out of me emotionally and creatively. And I had to be like, are you okay? Because obviously I've been dealing with racial trauma all, I mean, for the better part of my life, but also like in, in a really acute form in the last three to four months. Right. And like, I was, it was like, you can just take a moment. You can take, you can breathe. You can say no. I think that like now yeah. I, I was like, but Mary's special. And like... Yeah, she's just the number one. I mean, what's better? I mean, besides Beyonce, <laughs> there's like no other better Beyonce. woman than like yeah. Mary J. Blige. So I was like, just just do this one and then like take a break for a little yeah. while. So I'm going to like take a break. But I was like, okay, this is exciting. And I want to do it because I love it. You know, I think that there's a lot of like... We, we take on things for a lot of reasons, but I definitely want to come to writing with a lot of joy like every time mm-hmm. because it's like writing's awful <laughs> like, writing, <laughs> yeah it's like, it is like the, it's like, it's like I wanted movie. to be a journalist it's awful <laughs> right like you 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 were in the fashion bit you are in the fashion bit but you were I definitely got your start in like fashion editorial and I just feel like this the whole mechanics of writing putting all your words together putting all your thoughts together like gracefully depicting someone and then obviously you're having to, you know, make everyone's... Make everyone happy. Ooh. My dog I is snoring I don't make everybody so happy. Up. You know? What's that? Well, that's the heart of my dog is snoring so much. It's <laughs> so rude. I thought that was a motorcycle. <laughs> this is so unprofessional. I don't know what to do with him because otherwise he'll scratch the dog. He's snoring really loud. I thought that was a motorcycle. Making everybody happy when it comes to a story is... Yeah. I... I can't imagine because obviously the magazine needs a whole portion of it. You want to make sure that you're like, it's such a personal thing too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm at, like, I can't imagine even as being Mary J. Blige and being excited, the story's coming out and reading every sentence and like, maybe she takes something wrong that you yeah. wrote that was supposed to be charming, but maybe she's like, you know, it's so much pressure on you to please so many people. Yeah. And then to be creative, to write something that's interesting to write. Because what's amazing about being a writer like you is like these things go, they become a part of like permanent journalism forever, yeah. which is so yeah. beautiful and special and cool. That was that you're all, all that you're saying is absolutely correct. Cause I, I think there's an enormous amount of pressure to like do the person justice. And like, maybe someone does take something out of context and like, I think, and you know, like, Oh, I don't want that to happen, but that's also paralyzing to like the actual process. And you have to like walk away feeling good about what you did. And I, and I feel like 
that's something that's really important for me just to keep in mind moving forward. Like the, when I did the Cardi B story, that taught me a lot about just being like, okay, like, do you feel good about it? Do you feel like what you wrote was like the best thing that you could have possibly written? And it's like, okay, well then great. Like that's, then that's all that there, there is to say, like, you know, she could fucking hate it or like, you know, the whole world could come and drag you for like saying this one thing about, Mm -hmm. because that's another thing as a journalist now that you have to deal with. Yeah, you get dragged. You get dragged. (laughs) 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 You can get dragged and you're just like, no, I was, I was trying to say that she's like a nuanced person, but people can be like, no, what you're trying to say is, and it's like, you know, twisting of the words. And like, ultimately (laughs) you have to just like, walk away from the project and be like, okay, I feel really good about that. That taught me something about myself. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool because no piece of writing that I've ever done has had, has like gone out and reached that many people like that. Mm-hmm. And how did that come to fruition? And what was she like? And where were you before this interview? I like, wish I was, oh yeah, we were in person. Cause she you guys like, had to do what, like a FaceTime? We did a, we did a, a conference call and like, you know, it was right before she shot WAP and Elle hit me up and they were like, yeah, like, um, we love for you to like interview Cardi B. And I was like, okay, all right, cool. And I didn't know it was going to, it was going to be a cover story. I just thought it was gonna be a feature. And I was just yeah. like, yeah, sure. Like whatever. And they're like, she's going to be doing an interview with like a major politician. And we just need you to like write something kind of like <laughs> introduce that, that interview. And I was like, all right, cool. Like that's, that's fine. You know, like it sounds like a really great opportunity. And then I got on the phone with her and she was really generous with her time. Like she, I was only supposed to talk to her for like 20, 30 minutes and she gave me a full hour. She talked really openly, was very vulnerable, very like just real. Like she was very, very real, Mm -hmm. very smart, very, very, very smart very prescient. Like I was like, you have been like, you're the only celebrity I know that that risks it all. Like, yeah, that is fucking true. Who says like, this is wrong, you know, and why is no one outraged? Why is no one as outraged as I am? So then I wrote it and I was like, I don't think I can like write some small intro. So the editors and I were talking, they're like, you know what, you know, we're going to split these stories into two things. You're going to, you're going to do the cover story. And then we're going to put the Joe Biden story, like in another, like as another feature. And so they were like, just, just go ham. So I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And I like was crying and like upset and like, you know, because I was like, "Ah," you know, like I haven't, you know, because I also have a, I have a nine to five job. So it's like, I also was working and like, doing all these types of things. I remember like my boyfriend and I went out of town and I hadn't finished my copy and he was really upset with me because he felt like I had, hadn't, yeah, you know. You're stressing on vacation. Yeah. And he was like, where's, where's the me time? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where's it all about me? And I was like, all right. So then like I filed it and I was just like, okay, cool. And then that was like in July and then it came out in August and I was like, fuck. And the, the coolest thing was driving along with him and we were arguing <laughs> and, and, and then we were listening to power 105 and they, the, uh, the commentator wrote like read out some of the lines no. from, from the article. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 
And I was like, fuck yes. Power 105, you were in LA. What's that? You were in LA? No, no, no. I was, I was in New York. I was in New York. Oh, I was Power just, 105. The, the rap, the hip hop station here. I thought it's it was like, Hot 97. I think it's Power 105, right? Or is it Hot 97? 97.1. I thought it was hot. <laughs> five. Okay. Well, I get one. Regardless, <laughs> I'm just really sensitive about Hot 97 because it's like the best station of all time. And anytime I get to New York, I'm like, turn on Hot 97 because we don't have it here. Like, I have the app. That's the 1015. Is that in Dallas? That might be Dallas. I was like, you're messing up your station. I cannot believe they read out lines from your article on yeah. the radio. Yeah. What so that what, was really cool. What was the quote? Um, she was talking about Offset. She was mm. talking about like her relationship with Offset being like, if you want to know more about my relationship, you have to pay money and like, and <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to just gonna get it for free. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah. She's so cool. No, she is. She really, really is great. And I was really excited about that. And I was like, okay, like, you know, you you almost died. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. So I was also yeah. doing another story at the same time. But I was like, this is what you have to do. Like, if that's what you, if this is what you want to do, if you want to keep writing. And like, there are just times when it's going to, there's, what did my brother say? He's like, an an all-nighter can save, can change your life. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, especially think about you like 10 years ago, knowing where you are. Like, that's why I think about all the time. It's like when I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's like uh, you 10 years ago would do anything to be able to do that. You know? Absolutely. Like a year ago. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A couple months ago when I thought the world was falling apart and it wouldn't work anymore. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to like, I'm going to shrivel up and die and go back to Texas. Getting back to you talking about working at Vogue, Uh which I think considering they just took the 15% pledge, Uh I kind of would love your opinion on that if you're willing. Because I know that you grew up in like a very white, you went to like a very white school, correct? Uh Uh So I can't imagine, you know, the the fighting that you've had to do in your career (laughs) and now being at this place and seeing like, wow, this place that really gave my first job is now... You know, I can't imagine how emotional all the positive change has been in the last couple of months. Yeah, I think it has been emotional because I don't, I don't know. I'm hoping it's like long term, right? Like, I think that like it can't be performative. And I think that that's kind of like my biggest fear is that it's like a performative gesture. And I, and I want allyship as it's being called to really be like something that really fundamentally changes like the DNA and like the structure of a, of a company and, and people like mm-hmm. people at, at a, at a company, you know, like I, I just don't know. Like, I, cause is it just a fashion statement in and of itself? Mm-hmm. Because the reality I always wonder is, that too. All of a sudden Vogue is like very, or every magazine yeah. and every, it's just, you know, shifted to be even every Instagram, every editorial post yeah. is just like beautiful black women. And I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's, is this going to stay like this? Is this just our black women now editorial for a minute? And then like, what does that mean? You know? I completely agree with you. Cause I'm just like, I don't, 
I don't even want us just to be in the editorials. I want us to be on the masthead. I want us to have positions of power. And I think that like what that's going to take is that there's going to have to be a concession of power. And I don't know if, I don't know if white magazines, white fashion editors are willing to like, who've been in a magazine for 20, 30, 40 years are willing to give up their seat at the table. It, you know, they're, because what's happening now, what I feel like is happening now is like, no, we're going to work with black creatives. We're going to work with black models and, and, you know, but we're still like centering whiteness and we're still centering like a white experience. And that is what makes me really frustrated because is it just going to be like you put up three posts on Instagram about Black Lives Matter and then you move on to like, you know, the rest of your, your, like your life, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're and, and getting back to normal because people desperately want to get back to normal. But I don't think that we even have a normal anymore. No, um, we don't. But I think that there's just like a desperate need to get like things back to order. And so that's why I'm a little nervous about like taking these initiatives and, and people being like, we are, are right there with um, Black Lives Matter and, and, and we're right there with uh, the anti-racism movement. But it's like, but how many Black people still work at your, your company? Yeah, that's... How many that's you can't say that you do anything unless there's black people work or and brown people and Asian, anyone working within those offices. Like, and in major roles, not just like, yeah. And also it's important to keep, keep in mind that you need to create environments where you, that fosters these people wanting to stay there because I would have stayed longer, but I was working in a really hostile environment, you know? And like, I had no recourse. There were no like alliances. There were now there are. There mm-hmm. were no, re- but there were no resources for for me. Like and what I was going through at the time, and so I was like, "Well, fuck this. I'm gonna leave." And that happens to so many black employees. They actually have like a whole like net like a framework around it called Pet to Threat. Like mm. black women come into in into a working environment, and they're considered, you know, like oh, the, you know, they get the red carpet treatment. They're just like, these girls are great. They're going to do the damn thing. And then when we start working independently or we start working confidently or we start to challenge, mm-hmm. you know, our, our, our peers or our bosses on things, we start to turn into a threat and like, and the tension starts to rise and it becomes a really hostile working environment. And like, sadly, I've known too many black women who worked at Condé Nast who just left under those same conditions. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I also have like a weird relationship to fashion now too, generally, because I'm like, what's it all for? But like, and I'm talking to a designer when I say that, but I, I but say the same thing. I I'm mean, like, you know, I feel the same way all the time. I've always, since before when I launched LPA, I was like, is this something I want to contribute to? Um, but then, yeah. you know, you just make the right to sit like, you know, like yesterday, a girl messaged me and was like, I've never been able to buy a bathing suit that fits me. And like, you know, you've been doing great editorials since you launched. You've been like, do you know, and and yeah. it's like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like then my heart just soars and I'm like, yeah. Cause listen, at the end of the day, like if you feel like shit, it doesn't matter what it is, but when you put something on that makes you feel good, you just walk a little bit differently. And that confidence translates through every aspect of your day, yeah, absolutely. you know? So 
no matter what, it's a powerful tool. And like, you know, it's the same thing probably with you with like journalism. You're like, do we fucking like, what am I, I don't, I just think it's, it's, it's everyone. It's like every job. Like, cause ultimately we're like, everything we do is a little bit selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, unless you're like a cop, but then if you're a cop, you're also fucking selfish. Cause like, you feel good. Like you're in a position of power. So yeah. Yeah. every job just has this very like push and pull awkward thing and you just have to do the right thing with it. That's very true. I I mean, that's a very good point because I definitely think that what I was doing and what other, uh, you know, things that my black peers in the fashion industry are doing is like, it's, it's a bigger project than what we were actually paid to do. Right. Like, like we go on set and like being on set, isn't just like I'm styling clothes and I'm, you know, taking pictures of people or I'm modeling or whatever, but it's also like, Oh, I'm like, representing for a group of people who feel largely underrepresented and Mm -hmm. unseen or uncredited. And like, there are those messages you get in your DMs that remind you, it's like, oh, you know, it's not just about you, you know? And like, it's actually about this larger project that you're all working on. So there, I definitely have those moments, right? Where it's like, fuck, you know, I'm still kind of like in this thing called fashion, but but you just fuck know. it and you do all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you do like, um, this is a great transition to talk about your fucking insanely, like mostly like the chicest art direction I've ever seen on like an Instagram <laughs> launch. I was like, who did you like, who put this together? <laughs> I listen, Pia, I've always appreciated you, you oh. like, come into the, the, the IGTVs. I'd be like, Pia, what's up? <laughs> up girl. Um, I don't literally you're right. Like those, that was something that was born out of something that was bigger than me. Right. Like that Mm -hmm. was me frustrated because basically what happened was Amy Cooper happened. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, and everyone, I had written an article for the wing in their um, no man's land issue last year. Right. Or 2018, 2018 or 2019. And it was about white women calling the rash of white women calling the police on black people doing mundane things. Mm-hmm. Right. And how that's like historically like steeped in a lot of, uh, shit from the, from eons past. And this isn't a new phenomenon. So I wrote this piece and then Amy Cooper happens and I was like, wow, this is exactly right what afterwards. <laughs> like, no, like a year later, it's uh, like, Oh shit. Like this is like, here, yeah. here we go again. Here uh-huh. we go again. So like, I was like, quick reminder about what I wrote yeah, a year ago. Yeah, that was literally <laughs> what it was. I was like, quick reminder. And then like Lana Del Rey said her mess. Allison Roman said her mess. There was just like a lot of like messiness going on. Lana and Del Rey tried so hard to dig herself out of that hole. She got an interview cover. So I guess everything's okay. I was like, oh, all right, cool. I was like, just stop talking. Stop talking. She's like, I'm not what did she say? She's like, I'm a feminist, but I'm not strong. I'm vulnerable. And I was like, well, why couldn't these women just be as vulnerable as you are? I, I, it was a lot of, it it was a lot of selfishness and, and, and I was really, really upset with all that happened. And so I posted the article again and I was like, this kind of speaks to where we are right now still. Mm -hmm. And then people were like, oh shit, like, thank you. And and people kept sharing it. And then people were like, I really want to talk about this. I was like, you know what? And they were asking me all these questions. And I was like, 
let me go ahead and just like do an IG live. The thing about it is, I don't even like IG lives. They're like horrible technology. They're, They're like, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're the fucking worst, Pia. They like break down. Every, no one can find this like, awkward it, thing at the beginning yeah, 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 where yeah. your face is super close and you're like, hey, just wait, just waiting for questions to come in. And then it's like pauses. Like, hi. Hi, everybody. How is yeah. everybody doing? You're hey, just guys. Like, just waiting for everyone to roll in. Exactly. <laughs> How you doing? And you can like you can't hear the bitch. It's just you. Like it's just it's so, it's, so it's the fucking worst. And I was mocking them all fucking quarantine. I was like, look at this shit over here. Look at these people. Yeah, because everyone was like day one quarantine. Everyone's like, here's my IGTV right. interview with everyone I've ever met. But yes. but then like I did one with like my IVF doctor Amazing. and it was like an outpouring of like, thank you. Oh, thank, you know what I mean? Like yeah, then at the end of the day, like you doing that IGTV, everyone's like hanging on every word, you know, well, that that was, kind of, I was like, I'm just going to do it. And like, like you're saying, it's like, I didn't know what the fuck I, I literally didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I like messed up the reception multiple times and was like, is this thing on? Like I literally was like someone's auntie just being like, how did someone come over here to help me? It was, it's like just me in a room, right? And then I just answered questions and I was like, I like this. This is like really fun. And then my friends were like, you got to like really, you got to create a world, Marjan. You got to like make this a whole like thing. And I was like, all right, cool. So we got like a set together and that set is just like, you know, a backdrop that I had printed. And like, you know, I started working with this graphic designer and she was doing all my flyers and like all my branding. And like, we were just like kind of going at it and it's, and it's been good. I, I, I paused for a couple of weeks cause I just needed to like reshift everything. We're back tomorrow at 7 PM and you know, I'm an, I am an auntie. Are you an auntie? Oh, just six of them. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Girl, you were like a full-time auntie. I have an auntie dinner tonight for my nephew's 14th birthday. Girl. I know. One of them's 22. What? Are you the baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. in... I My niece was born when I was in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like in sixth grade, like talking to her like, you don't know about anything... <laughs> Like when I was your age, like you did, like we have like a touchy relationship because she like thinks we're sisters and I'm like, I'm your aunt <laughs> and I am authoritative. <laughs> That's amazing. You sound like my boyfriend because he has a nephew he's really close with, but they're like not so far apart in age. Yeah. And like they grew She's up like 10 years younger than me. Something like that. Yeah. It's like, and there's like this picture of them and they're like both little kids and it's just so cute. It's like, that's like your little brother. That's not yeah. like your, your nephew. That's so cute. I, girl. <laughs> so you, you know what it is like to be an auntie and like being an auntie is like, I love it. It's like the coolest job ever. It's, it's an important your, role. A very important role. You have to discipline without being a disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be a friend without, you know, stepping over boundaries or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, you're a good time. You're a good time, but you also like... You command her. respect. There we go. Yeah. Exactly. So I was like, I'm going to take this auntie thing to the next fucking level and we're going to call it your favorite auntie and like just give out advice that I would get from my aunties who 
always share their opinions on everything, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, unsolicited or not. And who also really always show up for you because I feel like aunties are like your biggest fans. They're like, you're great. You're perfect. Like, don't change. Like you're doing, you're doing fabulous. So we just talk about a a bunch of different topics. Uh, We've talked about hair, beauty, or body issues, uh, on the job, racial trauma, interracial dating during Black Lives Matter, what, like sex, colorism, like we've talked about like a whole host of things. We're talking about ageism tomorrow. That is something that I, I'm very, I'm still young. I'm 37, but I definitely like being in media that I might as well like have retired at this point. So Oh, yeah. I thought about that the other day. I was like, do like, there's like a whole crew of like 20 somethings that I don't even know about. Like, you know what I mean? Like like the cool kids in New York right now. I'm like, what are they doing? And like, where are they? And do they think they're as cool as I thought I was when I was that age? And like, to them, I must be just like an old loser. Exactly. So crazy. You're like 33? Exactly. Yes. I'm like, girl, come on. I know, but, but it's, it's so, so weird. It's so funny. It's like you age out after, no one tells you that, but you definitely feel that way. Like, I don't know who the girls are. Like, you know, like who, I was going to hit up my friend tonight and be like, tell me who the girls are. Like, tell me, like who's <laughs> popping right now? Cause like, I just feel like, <laughs> you know, I just don't know. Like I, auntie like doesn't know. Like who oh are the God. girls? I follow a couple of them, but I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, I can, like, kind of get a gist of who is it on Instagram. Like, and then I'm also like, whoa, they're, like, all hot and showing a lot of skin. (laughs) And, like, that makes me intimidated. It makes me feel older. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. Because I'm like, how much skin am I allowed to show without seeming? I don't know the right answer. I don't know, but what, who, I don't know what's going on with like these outfits that you're putting together and whoever's taking these photos, but like My your Instagram timer. right now is, oh, really? Are you going to get a self-timer remote? Oh my God. Where's my remote? There it is. Shut. That's what's happening over there. And I prop it up and I, and the light hits uh. right yeah, the outside. light and you're like Giacomo two pieces. I don't know what is going on. Yeah, I, was, I went a little ham on that <clears throat> a little bit this summer. But like, yeah, Good. get one of great. these. Get one of these. Great. Yeah, I'm like you, so also behind. Your, your husband <clears throat> will not take a photo. And he takes the worst photos of me of all time. And he's like, look at you. And I'm like, are you? <laughs> I literally, <laughs> I'm like, if you post this on Instagram, the girls that follow you that are trying to sleep with you are going to be like, oh, she's starting to like... <laughs> deteriorate and this is where I step in <laughs> I'm obsessed with that so much yeah you're like come on they're like nah 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 because nah. girls is... send him naked photos like once what? a week unsolicited naked photos and how do you deal with that like tell me uh, well first of all which is so code red but like when he get when his instagram gets a message it pops mm-hmm. it's a notification for me mm-hmm. so if i see mm-hmm. it's a girl's name i'm like <gasps> and this one girl sent like a really sexy naked photo of herself from like top of vagina to boob and like bottom of lip it was like a lot of body and i was just like <gasps> and we were in bed and he's like what and i was like i don't want to show you because i don't want you to look at another naked body 
But then I was like, look at this. And he was like, he was so confused. Right. Because he was like, that's so weird. Like, why wouldn't you message me first and like catch a vibe? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? He was like the way that this woman like straight up full. Yeah. But then it's also odd because it's a business account. So I started going nuts. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is a business account. So like, you can't just tell, like, I was like, you fucking bitch. Like, I I was like, how fucking pathetic are you? Like, I like fully went (gasps) so crazy. He was like, delete all of that. And, and she was Italian. And so I had to put it like, I had to like put it through like Google Translate. Oh, she was in, she was in Italy. So yeah, sometimes they're here. They're all over the world. Some of them are here. This girl <laughs> happened to be Italian. And I wrote back something and she wrote back in Italian, like, do you know your wife's on your account? And then he wrote back and was like, yes, like my wife is my whole life. We do everything together, like including this business. And this is like completely disrespectful. And like he was offended because he was, he worked so hard on his business. So he mm-hmm. was like, why are you undermining like my beautiful cashmere sweaters? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're unsolicited news, like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, I don't oh know. Oh my I gosh, mean, it, I'm the same way though. I mean, what would you have done? I don't know. I go off. Yeah, I go off. I was like the fuel. And then I just was like, are other people thinking like this? Like, is he, like, I just was like so heartbroken. No, I like, love I him so off. much. It was panicking. Exactly. I, was, I, I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like, there we we were having like a really bad first part of August. We were fighting constantly, and like, there were some girls that were like from his past that were popping up, and I was literally just like, absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. haram. Like, this is like not happening right now. He's like, they're just friends. And I was no. like. Girls are not friends, <laughs> like with their exes or guys that they used to think were cute. Like I'm sorry, like I'm a woman. Like I just there's always we're always when trying you, to figure a wiggle way in. You're clearly his girlfriend, so yes. Unless they have a relationship with you, and there's like uh, you are like I love her, and like she has a boyfriend, and like that's a thing. But like you can't just be friends with a man independently from his partner. I don't think you can. I think it's inappropriate. I think it's super inappropriate, actually. And I honestly, like, I, I think that's what I was so upset about was like thinking that they had access to my boyfriend in ways that they do not have access to him. And like asking him questions or like, like, do you believe in love at first sight? I'm like, ah, 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 ah. you know, like, you know, like, no, 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 we don't, we, we're not asking that type of shit. There's like, so much stuff on the internet for you to look at. (laughs) I can give you those answers. Exactly. I was like, I literally am going to just. Yeah, I know. I was like on fire. Yeah. 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 But then you can't Um, be crazy. And I don't like using the word crazy to describe women because I think it's like a word that like men use to keep us small. But like, I, you don't want to be that person either. Who's like, you want to be cool and confident. You got to show you're cool and confident. But I don't no, know. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with going off. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'm Always okay with that. Always try to be like kind of cool. No, no, no. I try to not to be because I just like that's not even like that's not even my vibe. My vibe is like <laughs> you know that's my man and like that's that on that. Like we, we were talking before we started. It was just like that relationships are really a lot of hard work and like 
yeah. on top of dealing with a you know an international pandemic on top of dealing with social unrest it's like oh i'm also dealing with like relationship issues and i do not need any other weird motherfuckers coming in no everything <laughs> like, is too hard already everything is way too hard as it is you know is that your thought i'm trying to get th- yeah chiro this is so unprofessional chichi <laughs> you hear this yeah i Hold i on. I've always thought it was a, a motorcycle. I thought so that's what it was. <laughs> he's very sensitive right now because we got a second dog or a third dog, and he's like wants to be right next to mama. What, what's the third dog? Or who's Nutella. We got a mastiff. She's in this crate right now. Girl, I'm a dog collector. I know you. But you, <laughs> you. I remember last year you went to Mexico and found that dog. Oh my God, I was thinking about that. How we like, I like sent my friend Javi because he speaks Spanish. Yeah. To Mexico to like get this dog. Like, I was like, Are you busy this weekend? He was like, No. And I was like, Do you want to go to Puerto Vallarta for two days? <laughs> Just like pick up this dog. Like, my Spanish is so bad. It's so embarrassing. And he's Mexican. So I was like, This is perfect. Like, you love dogs and like you have, well, you can have like a little adventure. We like brought this little dog home, Darcy. Does he still own it? No, he just was, he just went to go help. And then Darcy oh. went to, yeah, he already has dogs. Darcy went to a girlfriend of mine and is like living her best life. Oh. I know. I love it. I'm, okay. I need a dog. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I I'm want, sorry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm the worst. I'm like, I'm going to do an interview too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, stop asking me questions. <laughs> I want to know what your favorite I hate the word favorite, but like most, the interview that like shook you to the core the most in your career. In my career that shook me to my core? I, you know, the one where you're just like, you know, sometimes you'll like have an interview with someone and you just leave and you're just like floating. Mm. I mean, I definitely felt like I interviewed Tracy Ellis Ross, like, very at like the beginning of Blackish, like 2015. It was like one of my like my first interviews at Vogue, like full staff. And, um, she and I talked for like an hour and I was just like, I just want to be your best friend. Um, that's what I want in life. Afterwards, it was just, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I feel like we're circling each other. I'm just like, we're, we're like, one day we're going to be best friends. You and me, Tracy. Um, and, and like, I, you know, I grew up watching her on girlfriends and then, there's just like weird little cosmic twists. She like went to the same college that I went to and like her mom and I have the same birthday, her mom being Diana Ross. So it's yeah. like uh, casually. But, um, and like, I just feel like there's some little connection there. And I interviewed her and that was like the best interview. And like, she was a delight. And like, she was like, she hadn't gotten the Emmy or the Golden Globe and she was just starting out on that show. And so it was really cool to have that much access to her. I, I feel yeah. like I probably would like, not be able to have had that much access now but like that was definitely one of them I definitely feel like after the Cardi B interview I like left feeling a certain type of way just feeling really uplifted by our conversation because she had a lot to say about politics like a lot of it just didn't even make the interview because she spoke so much and like we only had so many words but she was just saying a lot of things were just really, really true and salient. And I was like, damn, you know, like, th- this is where we are. And it must be like, interesting, too, to see someone who 
almost, I don't know. I mean, she just, she's Cardi B. Like she was like that funny, like stripper we followed who was just like outlandish. And then, and then she just got like more funny, more strong, smarter. Like it's almost like she played this like, this like (laughs) long game with us that she knew you know what I mean? There's like some sort of like special, I don't, it's pretty, it's pretty mind blowing. I, I think it's pretty mind blowing now because like, especially right now in this moment, like everything that happened last weekend, I don't know if you were like watching everything that happened with Candace Owens. I was going to say her arguing with Candace Owens was like so iconic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, was like this I had deleted my Twitter. Okay. Like two weeks ago, because every time I, I logged on, the news was awful, but I went yeah. back on Twitter specifically just for this like showdown. And that's why I said that she's like the only celebrity that's like really risking it all to say what needs to be said. She's like, Candace Owens, you know, you are a troll, you're a prop, you're doing a huge disservice to yourself and to to other black people. And like, this has got to stop. And like, it's very clear. Right. But, but no other celebrity is willing to say it. So I, when I saw her doing this, I was like, see, this is literally the same person that I talked to, I'm seeing now. Like yeah. IRL. And I like that because you know you meet people and they may not be what they appear, you know? Mm-hmm. And like she there's a straight line. And I think that that was like the coolest thing ever. I was like, that's fucking awesome to see that there's a straight line between who she is without the cameras and who she is when yeah, the cameras she's just on, consistent. You know? It's so nice. Consistent. Consistent. What's crazy about that argument was And I think there's kind of, I mean, there's so much, but yeah, like, I think it really shows how divisive there's nothing either one of them was ever going to say that was going to make them ever come to a consensus on anything. And they both truly in their guts think that the other one is detrimental to, to black society. It's like, and I was watching it and I was like, Ooh, zing. Ooh, zing. Like, Ugh. And, and then it's kind of like, you guys are never going to get anywhere, but it, nobody ever calls out fucking Candace Owens for anything. Like, no, kind of let her ride her weird little, like, no, I think most people are just like, fuck you. Like whatever. Yes. Like they dismiss you're, her. This is so, you're so on another planet, but my God, that was a good, that was a good rally. But she's not so, that's the thing. And I think what's important about Cardi at least responding to her, because right, like we could dismiss her as just like this fringe character who just like is on the internet being a a troll for the conservatives Mm -hmm. and, you know, the GOP. But like, I looked up her book that's coming out next week because I I thought it was out. I was like, oh, she's got this book to promote. That's why she's starting these fights, whatever. But the book hasn't even come out. And it's already a number one bestseller as like a pre-order in like three top categories. So it's like, as much as we want to dismiss like some of these people and and we we mock and we memeify all these people, like we shouldn't be laughing so hard because these people get through. They like oh no, pierce, that's that's know? what I was saying. Like it's like we dismiss her because like I don't dismiss her in a way like oh what you're saying is not important like. I dismiss it because there's when you are talking to like a staunch Republican like that. Yeah. There is no line of communication and I have family yeah. members like that. So yeah. I, I just, I keep it one lane in order to just make sure that, you know, we continue a relationship, but Amer- that is a, she's a 
people love her. That is a huge, yeah. like, I feel like Trump's going to win. Like, yeah. like For I went sure. to, like, there's as much as we're like, oh, those people are crazy. Like, that's most of America is just Republican and racist. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely agree. And I it's think it's, sh- you're, yeah. you're going to find that the, the probably we'll, we'll see the demos change dramatically in a way that we weren't anticipating in what we would consider like the, what are they called? We call them the, like the West Coast and the East Coast. We call them something. It's like some something we call them. But anyway, we, we, we consider these, these areas, you know, much more liberal and, and much more progressive. And I feel like we're going to find that like, that's actually going to shrink. Mm-hmm. And that's on the account of so many different things, but obviously like the cult of personality cannot be refuted. I mean, Trump is a brand and he knows how to market himself. Like none of the, like the Trump paraphernalia, make America great again. And like, I mean that those red hats, like those red hats, I saw a guy wearing that in Hong Kong and like at a party last year. And I almost like, I was like, like, I was like, how did it get here? Like I'm my mom and I watched a woman walk out of a Trump store in Newport beach with this giant American flag jacket on and like her little jeans and her like Birkin bag with bags full of Trump stuff. And we were at our red light and it was next to us. And my mom who has never really been like a big politics. My mom's like little and nervous. She's like a baby. So politics make her really nervous a lot of the time. And she's always just been like liberal. So, and she now every day is watching the news and like caught Twitter and is like looking at all this. And she's like, this guy's the worst person ever. Like she's like having pants. She's like, we can't, like he said this. And I'm like, I know mom, you haven't been watching the news for a long time. Like it's been like this. Uh And we were like, watching this woman like joyfully walk out of this store and my mom was like I can't believe we're even in the same city or state as someone like this and I looked at my mom and I was like this woman feels power right now yeah the president reminds her of like her fucking husband or her dad or her uncle or whoever she probably went to college with a lot of guys that are very similar to him she's wealthy she's white this all serves her She's stoked. She's represented. Yeah. Like this is her whole shtick. And like, no, absolutely. That's why when I see all these, especially when I see the arguments happening on Instagram or like there's a town that's like three towns over from me and it's called Sunland. And the, these protests keep popping up there because Sunland, I don't know why, for some reason is like very Republican. Mm. So all these kids will go there and protest and like, the Black Lives Matter side will get bigger and they'll like go on Instagram and be like, get your friends. Like there's more Trump supporters than there are Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, guys, this is not how it works. It's not like that. That's the beginning of a war. What are you going to fucking kill each other? Like this is like we've lost any ability to communicate, have empathy, learn, grow together. And that's, I think, because of him, because he just makes fun of people. He dismisses human beings. It's it's now a lifestyle. Like he's created a, a fucking shitty lifestyle. He has created a lifestyle brand. <laughs> um, I no, like honestly, it's no, he has. So you're so right. It's so true. Trump is just a lifestyle brand. It's just a lifestyle <laughs> brand now, where you're just like, oh my god, like I gotta go get my like Trump bumper sticker, my Trump towel. He's like the I supreme look, of fucking <laughs> white people. <laughs> People waiting outside. 
<laughs> wait for the drops, you know, to hit. Like, uh-huh. they're just waiting. Yeah, no, absolutely. There is uh-huh. that type of dedication to that brand. And it's so, it's just kind of fucking crazy and weird. But, like, I wrote a post about this on Instagram. And I when I tell you, Pia, my Instagram got so messed up. Mm. Like, like the weirdest shit started happening. People started trying to log into my account twice. I had to like go private. I had to like, I had to just basically just be a, you know, come out a shadow of my, like not post anything. When did that even, happen? That happened. It's been now a week, week and a half. And at first, you know, my friends were like, Marjan, like. Oh, this just happened? This just happened. They were like, Marjan, I, Marjan, I think. What did you say? Eating. I well, was just talking about, I don't want to. Say yeah, that. Don't, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Am, I, am I like bugged or whatever at this point? But I was just talking about politics. We'll just put it there. And like, it wasn't like the, it wasn't a crazy ass post, but um, I was just like, we got to be more aware. And basically what we're talking about now is like, we can't like joke at this stuff. It's not a, it's not a laughing matter. So then my engagement like dropped by like 50%. I was like, <gasps> And like, but then I got all like these bots started following me, like 200 bots started following me within like the hour or two. I was like, what is this? Like, what's going on? And my friends were like, Marjan, I think you're being like, you know, they thought I was, it was like a vanity thing. Like, oh, you're like mad people didn't like your post. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, listen, like, it's not about that. Something Whoa. weird is happening. And then I started posting more things just to test out where my account was. And like the engagement just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And I was like, this is bananas and then the phishing started so then i couldn't log into my account they locked it temporarily i like hit up instagram i was like what is going on and then it happened again on sunday so a second attempt so it's just like and then you know i would never in any way compare myself to the uh the black lives matter um co-founder patrice but i um patrice colors but i she was talking about how she was experiencing phishing attempts. People were trying to get into her social media. And I was like... Are there just like little loser trolls at home like seeing if someone's talking shit about their like... Elected officials. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't even... Like like you're saying, I like keep it like Jacques Moustique pieces most of the time. And then I go (laughs) ham like all my stories. Like I'm not really like necessarily like posting... Did you talk to Instagram about that? I like, have. How, I have. Are they saying like, that they saw this before, that this is like a recurring thing? They're investigating it. They're seeming really like, you know, like it's not shadow ban. Like we don't have, there's no shadow bans on a real thing. And I was like, well, something's mm. happening. Okay. Wow. Like, I know like, you know, you're kind of giving me the statement there. You know, you're kind of giving me like the, like what you have to tell people. But I'm, I only say that because I feel like this is going to become the norm. Like more and more. Like if you say things that are considered radical or like or progressive or whatever, you could be suppressed. And what does that mean for this platform? You know, because this platform and and something that I had to really learn this weekend after the second attempt was like, oh, you don't own this yeah. page. Like you don't own this at all. Like you could you know, you could say that you own it, but you don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's at their discretion. And that could be like a better, a bigger metaphor for like life in America. <laughs> <laughs> like life in America. Like you don't own shit. 
Um, yeah. But like, yeah, like that happened to me. And I, I was just thinking to myself, wow, you know. Wow. Wh- what's How happening? scary. It's super scary. And I was like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like the yeah, second time that it happened, I was like, I'm not crazy. Wow. So I, I think we're going to see like a massive shift. And maybe, maybe that means that we're going to shift away from Instagram. Maybe that's what that means as well. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, fascinating. Oh, that's <laughs> Good dog. Right back where he was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it. He does his mama. Um, it's very interesting having a foreign husband during all of this because he's just like, I'm sorry. Like he's just like, this is great. Like every day. And you know, he's like so busy and he's not, he reads the Italian news every morning and he's like, every day he's like, the whole world is talking about how ridiculous this country is. Like, like he's like, this is crazy. I remember going to Paris what it was like when right when Bush got reelected and I was in college and my girlfriend did like a study abroad and it was cheaper for me to fly to Paris than it was to come home for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm going to go to Paris. And I've never been to Paris before. Okay. And we were treated. So and everyone's like, Oh, French people are going to be mean to you. But we were treated so poorly and they kept referencing like at like night at like fair D they were like, so you, did you vote for Bush? Like (laughs) they were like, so, and I was like, no, I did it. And like, I'm just, I'm in a, I go to college in New York. Like I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, and then the next year was when Obama was elected mm-hmm. and I went back and we were like applauded. Like yeah, everyone sure. was like, yes, like, like <laughs> amazing. Like, how great is this? Like, so what's it like now? Like everyone was so nice. And I was like, wow, really? Like, it was so fascinating being that young and like having a perspective of how we look on the world stage from uh, right. such like an iconic city on this planet, you know? Yeah. And yeah, but Paris... <laughs> I will say Paris right now and a lot of countries right now in Europe are experiencing dramatic far right backlashes. It's yeah. not like Germany right now. It was Germany is. Germany's is yeah. Up. Yeah. Germany is super messed up. So is Paris. Paris was having protests all last year and it was based around like far right groups like building up more more momentum and 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 much more of a presence and um it you know people were dismissing them. And then, you know, they were burning down things and they were, they were being disruptive, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But now they, it's like, are they going to have some type of political sway? Because I, th- I, I, we, I don't know. I'm just basically saying that as much as we know, we have sense about ourselves, but if people are not like your husband who's like reading the Italian newspapers every day and like getting another critical perspective if you're only getting one perspective then these types of people seep in and they're like and they're convincing well that's what I had this amazing conversation with my cousin when I had like a really intense argument with a very close family member of mine about all this stuff um and I I had this conversation I called her and I was she's incredibly intelligent and um is like a forensic psychologist and and I was like I just feel like there's no room for any sort of dialogue and like we've lost empathy and like there's no, and she goes, the cornerstone of a scholar is critical thinking mm-hmm. and we have lost our ability to think critically. If you are in a vacuum and all you hear is your own, st- that's why I like the, subscribing to the flip side so much, that news, like it's an Instagram and it's a news subscription and like okay. every day you get like whatever the topic is and you get, 
in-depth, factually checked information and interviews from people on both sides. Mm. And I'm like, oh, like there'll be times where I'll like, you know, read something that's like a statement from like a Republican. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But like, we're not sitting at tables discussing things. We're in our own separate vacuum screen talking shit about the other person. So there's no dialogue. So there's no... It's just, it's, and it's very American, I think, to be like that competitive and yeah. I'm right and you're wrong. I think it's just, ing- I mean, think this land was stolen. This is my land. You know, it's, it's, it's ingrained in the bloodshed of the soil of this fucking country. I mean, for sure. I think that like, you know, maybe that's what is exposing then, obviously, that this country was, was developed on a misfortune and like, I don't know. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying about like dialogue. I just don't feel like there is dialogue on certain topics. Like there's no, not on another, certain topics you know, there shouldn't know? be dialogue, yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about like, I'm just talking about normal, like neighbors. It's always like us versus them. And even like the adults, like our authority, like the way that fucking Trump and Nancy Pelosi fucking are bitchy to each other in front of the, on the world stage. Like, it's just not elegant. And no, there shouldn't be dialogue about a lot of things because it's just a fucking black and white situation. I mean, fucking literally, unfortunately, (laughs) it is, you know. It's so, it's so crazy. I just think, I know what you're saying. Because when she clapped at the State of the Union speech, but we were all like, "Yeah!" Like, <laughs> was that in January? Like, it feels like that was two years ago. Like, two honestly, ago. I feel like that was literally two, two years. Two years ago, and just like, I hate this place. I want my money back. I don't <laughs> love, like. I don't like it here oh, anymore. Man. I'm trying to like. I want to travel before things could go wherever they go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think I, I just have to get away for a little bit because it's been a lot. Yeah. I mean, and listen, you are very ultimately like getting just more specific back to like what you do, like what mm-hmm. a blessing that you are able to be in the position that you are to interview, you know, like very important people when it comes to like our culture and our fucking lives and our development and, and be able to like, eloquently and sharply and as cool as you like what you did for is, is it Ghani is that oh, you yeah, say yeah, it or is it Johnny yeah, yeah. Ghani, can we yeah. talk about that for a second oh, like sure, sure. that was so that was cool that, that was, was cool. and that was like like there are things that you do march on all the time that I'm like you should be like Beyonce level like <laughs> stop Pia Pia I'm serious <laughs> like I think like the like your favorite auntie like the concept is fucking fabulous like the branding is insane just from like a branding perspective it's gorgeous like it's so cool and yeah. like so on point and that campaign was it I mean it was a campaign right like whatever it was that project I was just like I mean, I'll let you talk about it, but I was, was like cool. reading what you wrote and I was just like, this is just us. Like, this is just magnificent. I appreciate you saying I really do. I actually, I, so much has happened since then. I, I was like, oh, right. I fucking did do that. That was, only like, <laughs> that was only like two or three weeks ago. But like, no, I appreciate you saying that. I, um, I basically just wrote like an, like a dispatch from Brooklyn, like a, like a letter about where I am emotionally during quarantine and like how, you know, we're all like doing so much. I mean, look, Pia, you're like doing a podcast and you're running a 
label and you're a wife and you're rescuing dogs and you're, <laughs> and you're like trying to, you know, you, you've been very open about your, your journey to become a mother. It's like, you know, we're all like doing so fucking much, but like yeah. the, the future isn't guaranteed. And, and I, I was talking about that weird juxtaposition where it's like, oh, I, I'm going, 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 doing, 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 doing. But then it's also like, I can't even like, I can't even get it up because I don't know what's next. Like mm-hmm. I literally, I want to, to, I'm, I'm planning and I'm doing and I'm preparing for a future that isn't guaranteed. Right. And like, it's like a very kind of a sad point to make, but I, <laughs> but I, but I, I was also really jealous of people who I, I say in the essay, I, um, I was jealous of kids who were like hanging with each other, like down the, down the couple of houses down from uh-huh. me. I was like, what's that like? Like, what's it like to be around all your friends? I've only been around like one friend at a time kind of yeah. thing. It's never like a big group of people. And I was kind of like, wow, like I miss that a lot. And, um, and I was really jealous of their like fearlessness or like their reckless abandon, I guess, where they're just <laughs> like, who cares? Like, we're going to the beach. We're, we're going to have a party on the stoop and we're going to like love each other. Like we're going to like hug each other. I was like, damn, what's like, that's when I see my friends, we're always like, you know, it's, it's really ridiculous actually. And, um, so I wrote this essay about that kind of those feelings and then Ghani, which was really cool. They like put it on a, put my words on a billboard and it was like displayed throughout their, spring 2021 fashion show in Copenhagen. And I had never seen my words like that before. I was like, wow. And I don't know, I guess, I guess in the last couple of months, you know, you just start to see the impact of your work in different lights and like Mm -hmm. different ways. And I think that's really cool. And I think that that humbles me in a lot of ways. I'm just like, wow, that's like, that's really fucking, that's great. Like, that's cool to see my stuff. I never thought that it would look like that, you know? And I'm sure you have those moments too, where you're just like, I never thought that I would have a whole brand, like, you know, selling out and doing and, and influencing people in these types of ways. So that was really cool because I, I think we're all, we're all kind of sad right now. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I love what did you said. I love that you were like, 2020 was going to be our year. <laughs> like, well, like, well, why was that? Like, we were so, they were like, January, February, we were like, we were all so obsessed with like figuring out what 2020 was going to be. And then it was like, this is what it's going to be. The funniest oh, meme I saw did. was like, so, it was like me telling my kids about living through 2020 <laughs> and it was like someone like crying at like an, in an empty Barney's and it was like so for started when Barney's closed <laughs> <laughs> right when, it, when they closed they closed in like February or March I think so I, I didn't go everyone like what well, I didn't go I like didn't I should have gone and bought like one thing to say that I did I didn't um but yeah, it was like that. I know. I was like, I wish I had like the ba- like a bag or like something, you know, but it was like that and then Kobe. And that was like oh, the right. beginning. Kobe that, was really, that was like. Oof. That was a really bad moment. That was a really, really bad moment. And, and it, it, it just kept spiraling. And I think we've lost like so many great people. And like, my boyfriend's a big sports fan and he just took that very personally. And um 
Well, what's interesting about that and that people forget, like, I'm a huge sports fan because Uh it's a common denominator amongst a large group of people for the most Uh part. Uh Like, when you're, like, at a football game, which I grew up going to, it's, like, does not matter where you're from or, like, your economic status. Like, everyone is rooting for the same thing. And it gives me, like... Like, it makes me feel secure that, like, Uh ultimately everyone's, like, here for this. And so... And Kobe is just, like that's he's just everyone's guy you Uh know like Uh it didn't even matter if you were a fucking Lakers fan like he was just everyone's goddamn guy so uh I mean sports are like there's few things that can affect that many people the way that sports can and a lot of I I felt like for like young men that would Uh like I was just I my I felt like my heart like ached for like the men and women who just especially like grew up looking at him. I just, yeah, I couldn't. I mean, that no, was a very totally. personal thing for a lot of people. I it was like, I, I, I kept saying like, it's like if Rihanna died, like, yeah, that's my Kobe. Right. Totally. <laughs> and like, like, and like, yeah. you know, like heaven forbid, like it, it would, it would totally, take me out. it would, yeah. take me out. I would, I would be off for a, a while. And like, like you're right. It did sizably affect young men. And, I, I think it just set a tone. We also like almost went to a war with Iran, like day three. We almost so, went to war with Iran. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> which felt so, I was like, didn't we go through this when I was a kid? Like, Girl, are we supposed to be over? Like what? Like, no, they were like, we're going to start up and we're going to do some dirty shit. And it was, it was wild. It, 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 it just was like a constant. It, there were the, there were signs. there were signs that this wasn't this wasn't gonna be good and um and then lockdown hit and i just i can't go back pia like i can't i can't go back to that gray (laughs) well you need to move because it's about to become winter where you live and like but but apparently yesterday they said that um or today they announced that restaurants are going to open during winter in new york yeah, they said that like restaurants are going to open at the end of September indoor. You think I want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. Like, are you kidding me? No, but there's no way that there isn't like a. I mean, at least you can find like a place in your neighborhood where you can. That's the best thing about New York when it's cold is to sit inside a cozy goddamn restaurant. It's the I best know, thing I in the world. Serengina is like my my spot. It's like it's it's where I would go. I just I'm just not there oh, yet. Yeah. Like what you, you've had like a pod, you've had like a, like a, yeah, I have a pod and there's like free testing centers here and I have a mm-hmm. car. So it's mm-hmm. like easy to drift. One of the one is that's closer, gets filled up really fast. We'll drive like the 45 minutes to the one that's further away and then get like same day testing. Or if we want to like urgently get tested, there's a place 10 minutes from here. That's a hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fucking insanely expensive, but it's like a little clinic and you get you get your results right away. So like this weekend, my girlfriend was like, oh, like, do you want, you know, her family has a beach house I've never been to. And she's like, you nice. guys have barely been to the beach all summer. Do you want to come to the beach? Sure. So like whoever is going to go, we will like all get tested on Thursday. Right. And then like we know that we're, but I, I'm like, I can't, like I have to live. Yeah. And, and my mother lives with us and she's 70. Oh. So obviously like she's high risk, but like, my husband's fully traveling for work. Like he got a job during quarantine. Right. I'm like, he's gone. Like he's in Costa Mesa right now. He was in Italy for a month. He was in Aspen. He's going to San Francisco, Palo Alto. He's going to Miami. And he just Damn. gets, I don't know. And he's just like, and he's working with like clients. So he's like in rooms and he's just like has his, when he gets back here, I'm like, 
get tested right away when you get back. Right. Otherwise, you have to stay in your room the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. No, it's that's real. I mean, I got tested at the beginning of August. And I found it to be such an interesting experience because it was the first time that like health, anything health-wise was free. And I, I was like, I was like, what is this? Like, I thought, I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I went to Bellevue and it, it, but the, 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 it was so like nice and like yeah. organized. It was. And That's it was nice so organized. Yeah. And I went on a Sunday, mind you. So it wasn't like a crazy long line, but they were really like really efficient. I got my results like the next day, like immediately, right. like 24 hours later. And I was like, okay, okay. And they were all kind and like patient. And I was just like, I just didn't trust it. You know, I was like, like, this is health health services in America, in New York. In New York and they're nice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You think it would be like elbows. (laughs) Exactly. But like, get over there, sit over there, shut up. And it's like, okay. But no, they were really, really nice and kind. And like, that was really cool. But, um, I just wish more people like knew. I don't know if people know what's available to them and what's they don't. Not. Yeah, because I posted yeah. something the other day like about my husband's birthday, and I was like, "Oh, we got tested," and some girl like tried. It was so funny. She like tried to fight me really intensely, and she was given so much love by me and all the other people who responded to her comment that it like it was so funny. Like she was trying to like she was like, "Oh, must be nice to have access to testing," like. Mm. And then, like you know, it was like, you're like being a privileged, you're probably like used to that. And I was like, well, we, there's free testing. And then I was like, well, where are you? And you don't yeah, have yeah, access yeah. to free testing? Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. and she was like, well, I'm in Colorado. There's no access here. And I was like, okay, like what town are you in? Like, let's blow up your fucking mayor and your senator and your governor. Let's fucking. Right. And then, and then all these girls started responding and they were like, yeah, what do you need from us? And then one girl was like, wait, you're in blah, blah, blah town. Like there's a testing center 10 minutes from you. And then she was like, oh, well, I had a bunch of people die in my family. So I'm really sensitive. Like I'm native Mm -hmm. American. And I was like, okay, great. Like, do we need to help fund that? Like what? And she was like, well, they don't live close to me. Like I, it was kind of like, she was just feeling it and mad and I was a trigger for her, but I was like, I'm going to approach, like, we're going to fix this. Like we're going to get like very communal right now. I'm not going to like fight back with you over testing. Like let's come up with a, so that's what I'm talking about. Like dialogue. I was like, well, why don't, why, how can I help you? Like, and then what do you need from everyone else? And like, are you safe? And like, mm-hmm. where are you work? You know what I mean? And then I like messaged her and was like, it was just really funny. Yeah. I just think everything's very nuanced. Yeah. I think people, well, everyone thinks that they are like an infectious disease doctor. So um, that's also <laughs> what I found. Everybody thinks that about themselves. I mm-hmm. was talking to like my boyfriend's cousin the other day on the phone. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's really the ventilators that kill people. And I was like, I don't think it's the ventilators. I don't, I don't, I didn't know I was on the phone with Dr. Fauci, but like, you know, like what? She hear my mother every time she watches a YouTube video. She's like, well, it doesn't. And like, you know, it was started this way. And I can't, I'm like, what fucking we, I was like, you know that YouTube isn't the news. Like anyone can upload a video. Neither is Instagram. Instagram. You got to like back. That's another thing. Like, this is a PSA. Like, if you see something on Instagram, go just double check. Just get some receipts. Just just go Google it real quick. 
just real quick. No, I don't um, believe anything. But I think that people just don't, we aren't like those, that type of information is like not made accessible to us. So it's like, like, like of course that girl like flies off the handle. She's like, what the fuck? And it's like, actually, because your government failed to tell you that you could go and do 100%. this for free. You can go down the street 10 minutes away from you and you can get it done. And it'll probably be done in like 24 hours. Yeah, well, because everyone's on Instagram. They're not on like a government website. <laughs> <laughs> No one wants to see that. It's like not aesthetically pleasing. No, it's not. I, I remember I just try to like figure out where to go. My best friend was like, you have to go here. You have to do this, that, and the other. And I was like, I, I, she had like figured everything out. But yeah, I think that's all that that is, you know? Well, thank you for this because now we're, yeah, yeah, thank you. we're at like an hour and a half and I'm okay, like, <laughs> no, I love it because we'll, I'll just boring. talk to you. No, I'll just, just like, talk to you forever about I'm everything. Like no, you're nerd. zero. Yeah, you're you're not like, a nerd. You're the fucking uh, coolest. Where can everyone find you? You can, well, uh, you can find my Instagram, but you know, it's, might it's be private. Under, it's under government <laughs> surveillance at the moment. But <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, M-A-R-J-O-N underscore Carlos, C-A-R-L-O-S. My website's www.marjoncarlos.com and your favorite auntie is on Instagram at your favorite auntie show. Follow us, tune in Thursdays, 7 p.m. We're going to be, tomorrow I'm talking to my friend Julie Wilson. We're talking about ageism. Obviously this isn't going to air <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> but like, but it'll be, it'll yeah, be yeah, up it, there. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the future, you check us out. This has been great. Oh God, I love you. I love you too, girl. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.